It's your favourite day of the week. What day is that? Not talking to you, Alex. Talking to the listener. Right. So is, is that how this works? Yeah. Communicating with your people. <laughs> it's, it's. Do you see yourself as like sort of modern day Jesus? <laughs> with your disciples? Uh, I saw Kanye. You know Kanye West. Being... You saw Kanye. What? I saw Kanye. Down, down the local boozer. <laughs> I saw Kanye's tweets. Just broken up with his, uh, with his girlfriend. Julia Fox. Potentially trying to get her on the podcast. Julia? Like, yeah, Julia. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. to talk about the breakup? No, I just, I just to talk about being a dominatrix. Is that what she is? She's a dominatrix. She's Ooh. a dom. Wow. They call, it, they call it doms, doms, dominatrix. Dom, I think so. Dominoes. But, but he said, to be a leader, mm. you shouldn't be talking. You should be listening more. I don't think he necessarily does that. He talks a lot, doesn't he? But also, he was saying that whilst, so it's not. What was I doing just then? listening you were trying yeah. to, you were trying to make me cry no i, I was trying to make me cry i know listener. this tactic no. you've learned this no hold on what am i doing now looking kind of strange no listening because i am a leader that's right say it with me jamie you are a jamie you're a leader there we go jamie, you said it here first you I, heard it here. i would follow you yeah. into <laughs> where where do you follow me mns to get a sandwich a nice sandwich <laughs> a meal deal <laughs> that's literally the extent of where i'd follow you hey by the way tinder swindler went down a treat wasn't that great it was. I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I, I was slightly, slightly coy because. Um, <laughs> Should we explain what happened? Try to sack me off. Well, they they already know because we spoke about this. Yeah, but, but they may not have heard at the end. Well, if you didn't hear it last time, here we are <laughs> talking about it again. Yeah, Jay basically <laughs> phoned me five minutes before I arrived at the studio to basically say that. Um, <laughs> He wasn't sure if I should really do the podcast. It wasn't that. <laughs> and then tried to mumble some excuse about oh the about the, the microphones. I was like, Shh, you're just nervous. Did you turn up? Did you turn up and the microphones weren't in the right place? And the microphone worked very well. <laughs> okay. In right. fact, better than it ever had. <laughs> All right. Without me there, honestly, I don't think that interview would have... <laughs> I said about four words. <laughs> I was extra cautious that if I fuck it up, then... You never fuck up anything. You make everything the greatest. Don't backtrack now. I'm not backtracking. You blow big... fucking wind up my butt. Blowfelt. Blowfelt. <laughs> what are you, Blowfelt? <laughs> mm. Hey, guys, listen. Today, very exciting. We have one of my favorite bands on. Uh, we have the band Bastille on, which is just incredible. We have Dan and Kyle uh from the band uh i've been huge fans of these guys ever since i actually broke up to i know you said yeah it was quite, ayo, quite sweet ayo, oh ayo, ayo, oh ayo. it's over <laughs> don't fucking phone me again <laughs> i don't know why i've gone in that accent <laughs> ayo, uh, ayo. But still that was amazing. the song that you broke up to uh, yeah i i broke up to pompeii but still and for anyone who hasn't i'm, I'm more of a sex bomb break up yeah but, but for anyone who hasn't heard but still know this is a little snippet of who they are you'll know this song <laughs> so did you did you do the breaking up or did you get broken up with <laughs> did you walk <laughs> in with that playing <laughs> <laughs> would you sit down please <laughs> what have just I need five minutes of your time <laughs> why have you become normal i don't know this happened um, anyway, uh, very, very excited to have them on. We spoke about touring. We spoke about them coming together. We spoke about climbing up volcanoes in Guatemala. Guatemala. Um, yeah, we covered a lot, actually. I really enjoyed the chat. I, I absolutely really love the chat. And also to anyone who has grown up wanting to be in a band, this is the real insight into it. I do want to say a big thank you to Dan and Carl. If they might be listening. We don't yeah, know. They definitely didn't want to be here. They did. They yeah. invited us to the O2. They walked in, they saw you, and they went, oh, oh my God, fuck's they, sake. We thought it was they Gordon Ramsay. Us, they invited us to the O2. They, to had, they had to. What do you mean they had we to? We can't go, yeah, we're doing a show in London. You can't come. 
Yeah, they could. Guarantee we'll turn up and go, sorry, you're not on the list. What? Why oh. would they be doing the guest list? No, not them, they're people. Who is their people? I don't know, their agent. <laughs> gotcha. They're not going to leave this podcast. I tell you they what, didn't, hey, they... hey, oh, hey, oh, hey. They're not going to leave this podcast and go, do you know who I can't wait to see again? I can't wait to see them at the gig. Yeah. Jamie and Alex. All right, everybody, enjoy the episode. Here's the still. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Private Parts, the podcast where nothing is off limits. Yeah. Oh, right. We didn't hear about that before <laughs> we started. Yeah, get Welcome. ready. Welcome. Get, get ready for a roller coaster. <laughs> have you ever been to Thought Park? I ha- it's been uh, many years, yeah, but I well, have, yeah. Well, welcome back. If you know what I mean. <laughs> this is the audio equivalent Fav- of Thought Park. Favourite theme yeah. park. What's your favourite theme park? So I'm not much, I'm not a big theme park guy, but Dan is your man right there. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I went back to a theme park like in later life and I was knackered. Yeah, after, after, quite, like, after like two rides, I was like, oh God, I don't remember it being this tiring. It's exhausting. It's so exhausting. <laughs> There's one in just outside of LA called Magic Mountain. That is basically, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, every yeah. theme park has like one or two properly decent roller coasters. Yeah, 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 yeah. But only one or two. This is like all that. Just every decent yeah. one. And we went back when we were on tour and I think decided to get the queue jump pass. And you're right, it's exhausting. Because without the queue, the queue is the break that you need between things to yeah, sort of yeah, like yeah. calm back down again. Do you remember when we went to the Halloween thing? So I don't go to any of these things. I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm not. Kyle's <laughs> like, Kyle's giving me the side eye, like, like he's yeah, such a loser. The, yeah. yeah, like this story's new to me as well. <laughs> so in, in the States, which for various reasons, we spent a bunch of time just for work. Mm. They're like Halloween there, obviously really big deal. They fucking yeah, love it yeah. so much. Yeah, they love it. Um, and they do it really well. Yeah, they, they, they know how to do fully, it. Right. Fully and in. there's yeah. like this whole world of like horror houses. That's yeah. just not a thing here, really. But in the states, you go into this house, and it's kind of a maze, and it's done up to be terrifying. And you can opt in for either a consensual or a non-consensual. Oh, I've version. seen this stuff. I've seen so, this stuff. Where, but yeah, basically you walk through. <laughs> and you walk through. Not, yeah, yeah. Sorry, what? Are you involved in this? I've been to one of those houses. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure it's horror house? Or not? <laughs> yeah, a horror house. <laughs> I get my words mixed up. Yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. confusing. Yeah. God, it was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was only in there for five seconds, but <laughs> money well spent. <laughs> Wait, so how you go? I, I, sorry, but, yeah. Yeah, but you do. But you go and you but basically, basically say, you, yeah. you walk through this maze and people jump out at you and basically try and scare the shit out of you and yeah. it's all about freaking you out as much as possible but normally like they're not allowed to touch you but if you go into i think the non-consensual ones yeah they're basically they're allowed to jump out and like properly shake you or whatever i mean most people's idea of absolute hell but this is like a real industry that pops up yeah. for like a good solid two months every year in america and they've obviously got really creative with them so we went to after we had a gig in la and afterwards we went to I basically the first two stories I've told all revolve around no, touring. Makes no, me sound like such a knob. No, and we, America, where we spend no time. <laughs> you, 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 did, you did do it though. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, done it. My but favorite. Told down, my favorite was but, you go um, just outside of LA. No, I know. Yeah, I was like <laughs> favorite theme park. I thought we were going to be like I'm not that guy. Like, I'm literally not that guy. I'm not that guy. I'm already out. This and you know when we got, I think we, I think we opted for the Q jump again what a knob <laughs> i hate myself this is cool um <laughs> wait hang on so you then so they, they do pop up basically yeah but like obviously i grew up with like chesington world of adventures yeah, yeah. was the peak thought park was Covering pretty special back, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and i've actually still never been to um fuck what's the massive one autumn, autumn towers you've yeah. never, yeah. Been, never been no wait hang on, i want to hear about so the horror house anyway so, so the horror houses the first time we were in like middle america somewhere and a few of us went after a gig obviously there's a lot of like downtime and it was on the ship and it was 
absolutely horrible and terrifying. Carl, were you there? Carl, were you there? No, no, no. Carl didn't come. No, no, no. But I thought you, did you not come to, so one time we went after a gig, we went to the Universal Studios lot, do one every year, but obviously, cause it's that, it's like fancy and it's all, the films and yeah. there's loads of them and you walk through and it's it's kind of stressful because it's just people jumping out at you yeah. and trying to scare you did you not come that night no so because i'll just go to what? a bar yeah, until where, they're where done you, i was gonna ask where do you go to <laughs> you're just gonna get smashed yeah yeah probably um and uh, and create a, a, a horror of my own <laughs> just in the bar whatever bar i'm in drinking solo is, is gonna be pretty my horrible. mind is the horror house <laughs> <laughs> just rocking on just rock on how get out of my mind <laughs> So is that what you do then, LA? So your thing is just gonna go, you go to the bars. And- yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's not any less douchey than Dan's actually. <laughs> it's, um, basically, it's all the fun things that we do. Like obviously like touring and gigging is very fun, but all the things outside of touring have to be fit in around the mm. gigs and the and all this promo yeah. and the kind of soundtracks and whatever kind of stuff we do. So generally, because they're late night, we'll do a gig and then like, the guys will run off to do like 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 the last horror house showing there, and then whoever doesn't go will just like will just, like you'll it's like just a be at the gig. schedule of horror houses. Like right, we need to hit five tonight. Yeah, yeah. we always plan our tours around the Halloweenish time in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We gotta go to Kansas. They got such a good one. There. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you heard? <laughs> I heard they really fuck you up. But, <laughs> but what's better touring then, Wise? Do you, do you prefer touring UK or... Or America, surely America is a bit. Um, so yeah. this has been such a warped beginning of the conversation because we, particularly early days, spent quite a lot of time there, but none of us ever moved there. And we had mm. no desire to spend any. Like, obviously, America is great, but we, I've always, you know, we live in London, yeah, and the other guys live in Brighton, and we, you know, this is this is this home is home where we want to be, yeah, totally. So we always like would spend. I guess when the band sort of took over our lives and we were away loads. That was great, but we always really obsessed about coming home, spending as much really? time here as possible. Yeah, it's funny, right? We all have these pipe dreams of like, God, we want to move to America, or we want to move to like the beach, living in California and stuff like that. And especially being in a band, and, a, and a, such a popular band like you guys, that would be like a no-brainer in a sense to kind of go over there. But you saying you want to stay it's, in the UK? It's weird. So you've got the you've got the half of the band in us two that yeah. never wanted to be in a band. Which what? is weird. Which Are is we really gay? weird. Well, I sort of never wanted to be in a band, yeah. right? Okay, so we'll never imagined being in a band. Also, I, from when we first started, I guess we sort of started as a band at a time where there are so many cliches that exist when it comes to four guys in a in a band making, you know, making pop music or alternative music or whatever. Mm-hmm. There are a tidal wave of cliches that exist from other bands who've done well that we just sort of made it our business to try and steer away from as much as possible. I mean, the net result of that is basically us just being really negative all the time. <laughs> <laughs> being like grumpy, <laughs> grumpy old bastards. Like, well, yeah. I think all those kind of cliches, everything from like performing in our videos to like moving to LA or anything like that. I think we've always just thought, oh, that's really lame. Like that's been done. I mean, 
Is, is that though, is I mean, it, which is ridiculous? But is that not like where you, they're, they're saying what is it? You you cut your nose to spite whatever. So like you're you're basically saying I, I agree with. You. I got told this thing once where this is a real this is a real nugget that I got told once. Someone said um, if you're gonna like set up a business, a brand, or like a band or whatever it is, never follow logic because logic gets you back in the same place as everybody else, a place where you don't want to be. So go against the grain, which you guys did. But there, so you guys consciously said if we're gonna be these guys four in a band, we're gonna completely change everything that we're doing. That's what you guys kind of said, right? It was less thought out than that. I think, although we wanted success from the band, because mm. obviously fame and success come hand in hand, mm. and we were interested in having success as a band, but we weren't that interested in kind of caught in the whole sort of fame side of things. And I think it, it was less so that we would have a sit down and go, right, we have to actively go against it. I think we just kind of like, like-minded kind of mm. stuck together. And, and also, I, I don't know, we all just, we will have all our friends and families and or girlfriends or wives or like whoever, like, and they were already here, so. I guess we were all like, had all finished uni or like whatever we'd been doing and had kind of other jobs and, and were doing the band like in the evenings and stuff. And, and so had like, had our lives a little bit, mm. you know, had, had sort of established our lives a bit more than say if, you know, for, for artists or bands who, who sort of break in there, like when they're 16 or 17 or whatever, yeah. even young, like that becomes your adult life. And I think mm. we've already had like a little bit of, of normality. We had our groups of friends, all, all those kind of things that we, really wanted to hold on to yeah. and when you know with us it was weird we obviously make pop music so despite trying to break cliches in some respects we're also like existing in a form that mm. has been done you know done to death but no one expected us to be as successful as as we ended up being at the beginning. even you guys we really us, didn't yeah label one management <laughs> yeah, yeah. Label are you management. fucking kidding we're not gonna be doing that <laughs> yeah. your whole label as well having grown up in london and yeah. been to like a lot of gigs the idea of us playing shepherd's bush empire was like literally the, the peak of yeah. anything yeah. we could have possibly like, ever it's imagined like when a teacher has no faith in you they're like you're probably gonna get straight e's and you're like yeah you're right and then you come out with straight a's you're like what the fuck happened? Yeah. <laughs> nailed it yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. That's mad because so you... so like the last you know particularly that those first couple of years we just weren't like versed in what to expect at all and we weren't that ambitious like like Carl said we loved being in the band we loved making the music and mm. making the videos and trying to create weird little worlds with the songs but we we weren't like striving to be massive or like looking at other bands and being like we want to be them we just sort of found ourselves in this really odd very mainstream place was it was it quite, all of a sudden quite a quick change like suddenly sort of overnight or was it more of a prolonged it, kind of growth? it didn't feel it didn't feel like that to quick us to us but because we were just kind of like we were, we were right there in it and i think we had like a kind of a small following mm. and we were kind of like just like trotting around the uk and like um like we, had, we borrowed our mate's mum's car and it was all just packed in and then we were driving up and then stayed on front like mate's floors just all like all up and down the uk just for ages kind of and i i think that there was like a slight influx of fans because it was, it was like quite a lot, well, a large number, which was great. Yeah. That mm. it, it's, it seemed as though we'd appeared from nowhere. Right. But we'd been kind of we'd been going like at it for a bit. Plugging away for a bit. It was like a couple of years from basically starting the band to us suddenly. It was like two, three years maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But, but which, which, which I guess sounds quite quick considering, but we, you know, we'd started it. It kind of came off the back of me having done like a solo thing and then I stopped that we started the band together yeah. and I guess f from our perspective, cause we were all doing like a bunch of other jobs and then rehearsing all night and then, you know, going back to work and then tours, we'd had to take time off and drive around the country. And it was, you know, it's kind of like, we had this weird thing where we sort of grafted DIY style from like the ground up, but we were also putting music online. So it would exist in like on Hype Machine and, and on Sp and not Spotify. What was it, what was it like um, SoundCloud, SoundCloud and stuff, and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. So we had this weird, 
dual life of like being able to get the music way wider online yeah, cause dude, and then also but also we were playing like every toilet venue around the country yeah and watching watching the sort of the fan base build and build and build but i think what happened was that we were such an odd prospect for people because it was kind of this yes, weird yes. cinematic pop music but we mm. were doing it in a really indie way Hello everyone, we are here today thanks to the HP Spectre X360 who are working to uncover the creative process of some of the UK's favourite podcasters. Finding out what lessons there are to be learned from their process and how they use a myriad of techniques to enable their creativity, including tech. I would like to welcome HP's ambassador, the iconic, said it Grace, <laughs> I've said it, you're iconic, Grace Beverly. Hello, thanks for having me. Um, and tell me more about HP. We love a good HP. Honestly, the Spectre X360 is so sleek and so cool. Honestly, I don't know if you've looked at the kind of specs that it has, but in terms of like, there's a focus mode that dims the background and avoids things popping up from other apps and everything, which is so important, especially to like get creative and everything. Do you, do you consider yourself a creative person? I think so, yeah. You know, a lot of people, when you talk about creativity, you know, people can visualise things. I have a lot of things in my head. So that sounds bizarre, but I do. I have a lot of things up here. So I'm very creative in my own mind. What I find troubling sometimes is to get it down on paper. So that's where other people sort of help me. So it's all in my head and I try and explain the different things. And I think sometimes what happens with creativity, so the creative side of people is kind of almost pushed to one side, especially when you're younger. And as you get older, you realise that actually creativity is one of the most important things. So I grew up in a very kind of artsy, creative family mm. and was very much the non-creative one. It was, Grace is not the artsy one. Do not ask her to paint a picture. It will not look nice. I think I just continue... You know when you, like, learn when you're about four not to draw, like, the sky at the top of the paper because, like, the sky's not just there. It's, like, everywhere in the paper. Oh I God. was just, like, still drawing, like... <laughs> Grace, I remember when I saw someone do that. I, rem- <laughs> I remember when I know, someone it's drew it to the grass. You think they're Van Gogh. Yeah, and they saw yeah. drew it to the grass and I was like, hang on. That is sorcery. What? It's not just in the air? <laughs> you are so right. The sky does go to the grass. And I think that, like, I never thought I was creative. When I got older, I've kind of realised that, like, creativity comes in so many forms. And the more you can bring creativity, even into, like, the most mathsy reporting sides of a job, the more you can, like, solve problems in a more you know, in a more unique and creative way. And also just like think outside the box. Like I think, you know, personally, my opinion of having a business is it's like problem whack-a-mole. Like every day you're like, oh, got that problem. And another one's like, hi. Um, And the whole process of that is problem solving. So if you can't come at that with a fully creative view, it can never be linear. Like it can never be linear. And I think one of those really important things that you said about not being able to get things down, I think that's what makes things like this product so great. The Spectre X360 can just turn it into a tablet. So personally, if I like write a list, it seems like the most boring thing ever. And what I really try to do with that instead is something like a mind map just to like get my brain going and to associate it with all different parts of the concept. Yeah, 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 totally. I know what you mean. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then you can do that on the HP, right? Well, you got a pen. You can do anything with a pen. <laughs> when you're getting creative, yeah. If you, for example, need to like need to get something done by a deadline and you need to come up with a concept. Do you ever do you ever have that? You're smiling as if you're like, mm. "I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for." But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> I don't Crazy. like sense. The very short time we've known each other, do you think I'm good with deadlines? Well, I, I wouldn't like to assume. You can assume, it's okay. Actually, weirdly, I lie. If I get given a deadline, I have to make the deadline, mm. therefore I have to do it. However, I'm not very good at sort of time management. That's my bad thing. Well, what I think is really interesting is when you say that about the fact that if you have a deadline, you'll meet a deadline, but if you don't, you won't. I do this thing where I set deadlines for every single task I have. So it doesn't, and then it suddenly gets in your head that it's like an actual deadline rather than a deadline that you've like arbitrarily set for yourself. And so I think that is also super important then because sometimes you'll get to a point where you're like, I have one hour to do this and I need to create something creative yeah. essentially and that's when things like focus mode there's ai noise removal so th- th- so we're doing this across zoom at the moment so does that mean that we cancel out other noise around me yeah it's called intelligent adaptive noise cancellation i think that's the sexiest thing you've ever said <laughs> so it automatically kind of mutes any background noise what is your favorite thing on the hp spectre x360 if you had to pick one out I think it would be the focus mode, just because that is such an important part of my working process. Like, I have to time block my tasks to get them all done in time. And in that time, we have so... If you think how many apps we have in general, like there's instant messaging, but then there's also everything on social media. You kind of need to be present. You need to be contactable, all of these different things. That to me is so important because getting into that flow and really just dedicating into like deep work as it were, is so important. But also very much like blue light blocking because there is nothing worse than going to sleep and feeling completely frazzled and like completely awake. Um, I do have blue light glasses, but I find that I often forget to wear them. And so (laughs) if it's actually built into my computer, then I'm going to have a lot more success with that because I can watch an episode of Game of Thrones, for example, and then I can go to sleep and I'm not going to feel like I've just had like an optician shining lights in my eyes. Grace, listen, thank you so much. Guys, uh, find out more about the features of the HP Spectre X360 at hp.com forward slash thoughtful laptop. Enjoy. One of the greatest moments of my life, I I swear to God, and I said this to Sam, our producer before, one of the greatest moments of my life was at Secret Garden Party. You guys were headlining. Um, I think it was like 2015, 16 or something like that. And um, I was very drunk. And, I, I, and it was like the first, I couldn't find any of my friends. You guys came on stage and you started, and I suddenly saw my friend oh. and it was this like euphoric moment. I swear to That's God. So and nice. still to this day, so nice. it's like, you know, when you go, what's yeah, one yeah. of the greatest moments at that moment? That's really it was Bear insane. Mind, you just got engaged. And that's the for you. Yeah, yeah, that, that was shit. <laughs> that moment. But you guys, um, it, it was because I, it remi- when you said SoundCloud, when you guys were on there, it reminded me, you guys were sort of this name, but still, and it was not confusing, but it was like, who are, but it was, who yeah, are these? It, I guess it was meant to be, because we, like, when, when it first started, we kind of didn't want people to know if it was a band or an act or whatever. Yeah. And all of our videos up to a certain point, like we weren't in them, we wanted them to be little films. Sure, it's pretentious as hell, but we, we like it. Part of the wanting to run away from the sort of cliches was to kind of confuse people. And at the beginning, when our music started getting played everywhere and was suddenly really mainstream, we were so shocked. Like, we weren't, really? we weren't like, we weren't remotely prepared for that. And I think kind of freaked out a bit. And, and does like, that mess with the heads a little bit? 
It did, but I guess our experience of it is we were we were just touring all the time. So our experience of all that stuff happening, I think to our friends, it kind of, they were seeing us, hearing us on the radio and seeing us you know, written about and stuff like that. Whereas for us, we were just on the bus with the yeah. same group of people playing venues all around the UK and around Europe and stuff. And so like, obviously you can see the crowds grow and that's amazing. And you kind of hear whatever like statistics or sales or whatever stuff that doesn't feel real so i guess it almost didn't feel like it was happening to us because it's sort of happening in a vacuum which is pretty, which is mad pretty exciting yeah it like, was that, that first so tour exciting. like experience must have been fucking nuts it was yeah, yeah it, was, it was good I, but i i think i remember at the time because again because we we, we weren't interested in, in kind of leaning into the fame side of things mm. all of us were really grateful that it was kind of happening yeah. and and i think and drunk and <laughs> yeah, and really drunk. drunk every day, just drunk <laughs> yeah. all the time, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and so it was. Yeah, you know, but it's kind of like it's kind of like it's in a lot of ways can be real arrested development. It's like extended university experience or yeah. like or a permanent stag do. Or yeah, something. like it's. But the, but that's kind of, okay because what's interesting there is like Carl, you're saying that you you guys didn't care about the fame, but you must you might, you knew it was going to come hand in hand, right? So it's quite an organic growth. So you're suddenly getting paid. You're suddenly getting the fame there at the same time. And you know, plus booze and things like that. That then must become a a sort of confusion in your own mind, because you sort of get to a place where did you get to a place which I think I experienced when I was young. No comparison, but when I did this ridiculous show for so long, you get to a place where suddenly you're like, shit, it's all gonna disappear. Yeah. And so you you're drinking and partying and having a great time, but then you're also worried about the future the whole time. About oh my god, this actually might go because you haven't expected this to happen. So then when you get it, you're like, shit, is it gonna now disappear? Totally, you know, we were never like careerists. We never thought like, here's our 10 year plan. Like literally it was yeah. like, we've always had this drive to like keep making music. So we did, you know, we did two mixtapes into our album. And then when we mm -hmm. were, the album was out and doing really well, and we were already sort of writing another one and doing another mixtape. And so it's always been about like keeping our heads down and just really obsessing over like the next thing and the next thing. Mm -hmm. But in a very short, short term period, like, I still struggle to think further than three months ahead in life, just because you- yeah, I, Does anyone actually think five years I ahead? Know. I don't I think some people what do. Is you that? can't, you can't. And if you are, what is that? then you're missing, what, you're missing what's yes. right here. Yeah. Now. Yes. What, what, what's right, what's because, right And how do you live in the present then? Humans, we don't do that. Mm. We never live in the present. And especially for you guys, experiencing those moments on stage, this, that, it's so hard to appreciate almost those amazing moments. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, Especially it's when you're hammered as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we released a, b a bunch of albums and, and we were touring pretty much nonstop. And I, th I think in a way that was definitely not healthy and probably not advisable, but yeah. various things from like us just not, I, I think it came from a fear of it going away. Like you said, yeah. it's like, we're so lucky to have this. We never expected it. This is mad. And if we stop, maybe it, it'll stop. So we just sort of pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and, you know, toured way more than we should have without a break. And then we got to the end of like, well, the beginning of 2020 and we we thought like, let's have a, let's have a break now. Let's Fuck, stop. 2020, yeah. you, you were that long. March, yeah. So yeah. from like basically 2011, 12 oh to 20 God. to 2020 without a break Coincided at all. Coincided quite nicely with COVID. It was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. it was kind of, it was kind of head down, just getting on with it. And then weirdly, when we were forced to take the break or like, you know, when we decided actually guys, let's, you know, let's take a bit of time off. That was the kind of the first time we'd actively been able to go to kind of like get out the machine and yeah. be like, like, whoa, hang on a minute. Just like looking around, all these different like, things. Yeah, and like, like, I think but particularly in like, I don't know, there'll be like a lot of interviews and stuff where people bring up the, the statistics and, and the facts and the gigs and stuff. And it's in those moments that we're like, wow, yeah. I mean, of course I remember we did it, but I, I've never sort of reflected properly on it yet. 
and so if anything we're, like we were just constantly in the present it was like kind of but but so much so that we couldn't actually see what like what was happening at the did time did you guys have a crash when that happened because that's you it's almost like you're running down a hill and then you suddenly stop and that's when you tumble right did yeah. that did that happen or no i think i think like weirdly because we knew we were going to stop it was mad in pretty much march 2020 i think we did our last gig mm. and it was with like this amazing gig in london with an orchestra and we all knew in our heads this would be our last show for mm. maybe a year so we were kind of all career-wise like mentally prepared for the break yeah. that then the entire world was forced to have so i i, I don't know if i like I don't know how much you were ready down to that or down to the fact that there was a fucking global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Do you guys have like a weird moment? Where <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's so funny how uh, as humans were, especially the American way, right? is so interesting because Americans, I, I spoke to this person the other day who's an American TikToker, right? She's huge on TikTok. And she's like, you know, when I when I like, I, I knew I was going to be here. Her accent. Is she here? Like, no. I was really enjoying that. She yeah. walks she in. sounds really hot. <laughs> walks <laughs> into shop. Yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, she's sorry. She was. Where are you? Um, but she's like, you know, and I knew this was going to happen. And then when I write my book, and and they're so like about like knowing it's going to happen. Yeah that it's almost when it does happen, they're like, well, obviously this was going to happen. Where the English vibe is so much more different. We just, we're self-doubters, aren't yeah. we? The Americans are so confident. I know, I know. It's like, oh, let's go get we're, it. We're almost we're embarrassed like, 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 what, a lot of the time. Go get it? Yeah, but yeah. then what happens, what you guys do is then, because we're like, shit, you then don't stop because you're like, if I stop, then it's going to go. Yeah, and we walk in the door backwards screaming, sorry, 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 <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yes. so embarrassed about it. Like, I'm, I, I remember the first time we went out there and kind of uh, people were like asking, oh, so like, well, what'd you do or whatever, just in bars or whatever, but just just talking to people normally. And obviously, you know, just being from Britain and like, I think London in particular, just yeah. like, just like, oh, like, you know, I'm just I sort of, I play a bit of music and then eventually they get out and they go, oh my God, you're in a band, that's amazing. I'm like, Really? I would just about cause, yeah, because I was normally being told if you're in a band that you're like a low life loser who <laughs> yeah, used to get yeah, a job. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, I was like, it's, it's used to me, but sure, cool. So that was nice. Yeah, I guess we were lucky at the beginning that the music was really well known, but we've always we sort of just kind of made the decision at the beginning because it freaked us out a bit to to not really do anything that involved us like publicly unless we absolutely had to. Yeah. I don't really? know. I, I so like you guys never did anything We didn't do like any this. TV. We didn't do, you know, in interviews, I was, we were sort of really kind of closed down and didn't really say much. Cause I was just like really paranoid about becoming a sort of like a rent -a gob Yeah. Like, opinionated person. Cause we are quite opinionated, but we were like, no one needs to see that. <laughs> wow. Because, because, and and so and we, you know, would probably love we that. didn't really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no. Let's I just mean, keep them locked in a room. <laughs> yeah. Don't say but, anything. But like, yeah, we, I guess we didn't really, stuff like sort of panel shows and being judges on stuff like was all kind of offered to us but but i guess that side of it just wasn't really of interest so we were able and lucky enough at the time to just you know be able to our music just was reaching people and that was so surreal that is a think, vibe think, but, it, but it, meant that, to... it meant that i think it meant that i, I remember like I think the first tv we ever did was the Brit Awards a year after our album came out mm. and i think it was the first time we'd ever it's when you were nominated been, right for best yeah, newcomer yeah. Yeah. and we played and and this is an, a dickish thing to say, but like we played and, and our album went back to number one that week. Wow. And I think it was, I think it was because potentially like there was this music that people had heard all year, but they had no idea like where it came from. Like you yeah, said, like, yeah. is it a band? Like, what is it? Yeah. Like, oh, it's them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the fuck is this? Yeah. Do you think that mystery almost like kind of helped the success a little bit? I don't know. It just kept people like wanting I think, more. I think our managers and everyone would be would like, can you just do some promo? Please, <laughs> do please, please yeah, yeah. just do anything yeah. more than just make music. But that is, but, that is, yeah, yeah. But that is such a, that's such a, 
unique way, especially at a time where reality TV was rife, like social media was booming. Mm. Everyone wanted to be known. It's, yeah. it's but you guys did the, the opposite. It's almost a flip now where people do more promo than like actually. No, but now people. Yeah. Yeah. No, but and now. That's what makes them big, right? But now people don't want to be known as much. It's much cooler to not be known. Like, I definitely think we're going to go through like a dark page where no one is on social media. Like no one wants to be known about stuff and mm. things like yeah, that. Yeah, but it's interesting in the time since we've been around, like, like you said, everything from reality TV to, to then. Like influence the culture and just people like sharing their lives on social media and the normalization of that they, these things have all kind of happened and we've sort of obviously like flirt with them sort of differently as we've had to you've got sort of traversing it but yeah of course <laughs> of course very active on that um but I, I had this like i've got this weird story that i'll try and tell very quickly no tell it do you we, do we have ages but just about it was just about in terms of like seeing that kind of payoff mm. so obviously we're lucky enough to talk quite a lot and travel loads, but like Kyle said, in and amongst that, it's kind of hard to get out and do and see stuff just because of how busy it is. Yeah. Anyway, so like a few years ago, I decided with some mates that like every year we'd go to a different country for a few weeks if we had a break and try and like, just basically go backpacking, like student style. Mm. And so like one year went to India and like another year went to Zambia. And then most recently, the last time before the world shut down, went to Guatemala and ended up doing this, me and, me and a couple of friends did this trek in a group where you sort of go basically straight up a mountain for like eight hours and it's fucking exhausting. Mm. You get to the top and you camp in a little tent overlooking a volcano that's erupting over over, over the valley, which was Shit. pretty nuts. Yeah. But I was in the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm a right voice. <laughs> it's like, if you're like a backpacker that goes to Guatemala, like that's just one of the things that you do. So mm. it's pretty like well-trodden, whatever, but got to the top and you're meant to go to sleep really early because you then have to get up at 3 a.m. To, to, to climb the peak. Mm. But there was, as you're going up the mountain, like one of my friends, she was like, oh, I can't be asked with this. So she just put on a podcast and listened to an entire series of podcasts walking up. So I was like, all right, I'm going to have to make friends with the rest of the people in the group then. And like Carl said, like we generally sort of shy away from so talking about, <laughs> I know, right? Um, I sort of try and avoid talking about my job to people that don't know what it is just because mm. it takes over the conversation a little bit and like sure. it's kind of awkward and embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. So I was like making small talk with, with all these people walking up this mountain for, for eight hours and you know, classic backpackers like people from all over the world there was like a couple from israel who were on their honeymoon and this dutch guy that i was talking to a bunch and like yeah this, these girls from belgium like whatever get to the top and when we get there everyone's meant to be going to sleep but the dutch guy comes up and he's like do you want to do an extra trek now like the, the guide who lives up the mountain has said he'll take us like down into the valley back up again to the sort of mouth of the volcano and we can like watch the lava and stuff and i was like i was like i mean that Kind of sounds, sounds amazing. Like, it sounds like the beginning also of a horror movie. Also sounds terrifying. Yeah, yeah it sounds like a setup yeah, for, a, yeah. for, a, yeah. for a horrible film. Um, and also like bearing in mind, I'm like very bad at traveling and I'm really disorganized. So I was in like Converse and tracksuit bottoms. <laughs> Everyone else was in hiking Climbing gear. Climbing an eight hour volcano. Yeah. Everyone else is in like full hiking gear. So, so but I, but I was like, oh God, I'm fucking exhausted. But fuck it. Yeah, sure. I'll go. Let's go. I'll, I'll, I'll join you. So it was, it was, so you put, your, the, you put your Parker it was, on. It was the, the Guatemalan guy who is like amazing on the Surely mountain. the Dutch guy came. The Dutch guy. Yes. The Israeli guy who's one of a couple and me. And I had to like, I had to sort of do the rounds in the camp and borrow like, I borrowed a head torch off one person <laughs> and I had to borrow like a waterproof off someone else. So we set off and it's dark. We set off and we sort of trekked down like climbing, traversing rocks, all this stuff. I'm, I'm so physically uncoordinated that this was a joke anyway. And exhausted your all converse. All of this, I'm knackered, yeah. And it might, yeah, my feet are poking through my converse. All of this is to get up basically to the other side and, and see this see this like hallowed lava. Anyway, so we, we climbed down 
and we climb back up again and it's absolutely freezing and we get to the top where we should be able to see the lava and this mist just descends and so we're in a cloud and i was like oh that's cool for the view um (laughs) and we could hear the lava passing and we sit there for like quite a while yeah waiting and we're like how long do we give it because obviously we've got to be up in like five hours to go Mm. anyway so we're waiting there for a while and sort of half an hour becomes an hour becomes an hour and a half and we're like this cloud's never gonna raise Mm. we can hear the lava it's right there anyway in and amongst all that small talk central obviously because what are you going to fill the time with mm. and eventually like, i think the dutch guy was like so i don't understand you you, you said that you make music and that you sort of travel a bit but like how does that how does that work mm. like i was like oh i guess we've had a couple of songs like on the radio and he was like try me like what what are, what were the songs i was like we have a song called pompeii mm. and he was like shut the fuck up no i was like he was like that's not you and i was like yeah yeah he and like, you told him this on, on the volcano. volcano. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> next an active he volcano. He lost his mind. He was like, you're the, you're the volcano guy. We're on a volcano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? And then the Israeli guy was like, no way. We just had that song at our wedding last week. Are you serious? And I was like, whoa, this is insane. Yeah. And then he started playing it off his phone. And the Guatemalan guy who didn't speak any English was like singing along. No. I was oh like, this God. is insane. God. And they were, all like, they were like, why are you here? Why are you doing this like weird um like I don't trek, know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. trek from a hostel like what the fuck are you doing yeah. here yeah <laughs> just just always go back to them <laughs> but i but i guess like to sort of cheesify that story what was wicked was and then obviously we had to talk about my job loads which was cringe but what was really nice about it was that realization that like however many years later we had these this like collection of songs that people in, on all different sides of the world mm-hmm. like know these songs and that's yeah. fucking amazing but they had no idea who i was yes they had to, to prove me. it to themselves they yeah, had to like yeah, yeah. when they got back to the camp they had to like google it and be like oh that is you like i you know and Dude. then you find yourself in a weird position of, like defending who you yeah, are yeah, yeah. it's like I why swear if, if, mean, I was, right? if i was to pretend to be someone famous of all the people in the fucking world why would i pretend to be dan from bastille it's when I'm they sorry. ask you to prove it and you're like yeah. like yeah, yeah and yeah. then you find yourself <laughs> like grabbing for your phone to prove no 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 like i don't need to prove this i don't need to prove this any of you fuckers uh, dude, um, that's in, that's insane. What I love though is, um, and again, like you said, perfectly said, to cheese a fight. It's amazing that you get to like have an impact on people's lives, uh, like across the world. That is insane. And and music, laughter, and music, right, brings people together. Yeah. And the fact that you can do that at the wedding, it's at a moment he plays on his phone, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Without that, without you being there, you wouldn't have that moment, which is is pretty spectacular. Boys, listen, we we got to the end of part one there. Um, but what we like to do at the end of part one is leave our listeners on a cliffhanger so they come back for part two. Ooh, we do we have any little? Carl, you've got a cliffhanger on a volcano. On a, vol- a volcano, volcano cliffhanger. Cliff yeah. You did before we started say that we need to have yeah, something planned. I know. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it makes sense that I would have one <laughs> in that case. Um, I tell you what we. I tell you what we can find out. I, I, what I really want to know is um, how you guys first met and oh, how yeah. that happened. Oh yeah, sure. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah is that a good yeah, one? Yeah, oh, yeah, that's nice. Bribed Carl into joining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, team. We're gonna find out in part two. We'll see you in a little bit. Bye bye.